Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where faith meets an active lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the running rev. This is not just any other podcast about an active lifestyle, but join us as we unpack the why behind our activity and how we connect it to our faith. I am having conversations and exploring journeys of others as we build a theology of self-care, exploring how we care for ourselves by being active persons in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith. This is episode six, and welcome today. We have David Vaughn on our episode with us. David is a pastor in the Virginia Conference, another pastor I know, but friends, these pastors, they have such amazing stories. And as I have mentioned before, you know, just because I'm interviewing people whose vocation is the church does not mean that these ideas, these stories, these journeys cannot be taken into account as you consider your own manner of active faith in your own vocation, no matter where it is. And we're going to consider that a little bit today as we unpack with David sort of this theological conviction behind our activity, what what calls us to be active. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into that why and what that why means for us as we consider this active lifestyle. Friends, I think there's a great way for us to end this year. This is going to be our last uh, full podcast of 2021. And so as we finish off this year and you begin to set your New Year's resolutions, I encourage you to, to use this podcast to help to define... All right, friends, we are here today with, with David Vaughn as we dive into our conversation this this week. Uh, David, why don't you tell us, uh, let's get started here today. Let's tell us who you are and, and where do you call home? Andrew, I am so very happy to, to be here with you today and be sharing in, in a conversation together. Uh, I, as you know, and others who know me know, I, I'm not much of a tweeter, uh, but I do have a Twitter page, and my, my bio there says this. Uh, it says that I'm a disciple of Jesus, a husband, a father, a storyteller, and a lover of new places and long runs. And I think all of those things, uh, if you know those things, you pretty much know me. Uh, I am a, a United Methodist pastor. I think that intersects with all of those other things as well. That's kind of that's who I am. Uh, I have the joy of living in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. I serve at a church called Calvary here. And if there is a more beautiful place in the world to be outdoors and active, uh, I have not found it. And so I, every day, feel blessed to step out the door and be surrounded by mountains to climb and trails to tackle and creation to enjoy. So I think we need to have a, a, a battle royale between you and Alex Joyner about which is the more beautiful running scenery of the Shenandoah Valley versus the Eastern Shore. Um, so, so we'll get to tell you that it is definitely uh, hillier here in the valley. <laughs> oh, so I, you've already kind of told us a little bit, but David, how are you active? Well, yeah, so, so I'm surrounded by mountains, so I love going hiking on different trails in the Shenandoah National Park and places like that. I, I think I've lost count, but I, I played at least a thousand games of football in the backyard with my nine-year-old son. That is sort of an everyday kind of thing for us, but mostly I'm a long-distance runner. So I think I've run, I think it's eight marathons over the last few years. And this fall, I did my very first 24-hour ultra. Uh, I, I'm not sure that that's an honest-to-goodness ultra marathoner, uh, but it was certainly a lot of fun. So I, uh, if I can run long, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So I love, uh, so David and I and a, and a bunch of other clergy and lay people from the Virginia Conference often take part in Garmin distance challenges. And I'll feel really good when I drop like seven or eight miles and I'm like in the lead. And then all of a sudden David Vaughn drops one that's like 10 and I'm like, ah, thought I had him. I was so close. 
Um, uh, Fred, Glenn will do the same thing. Glenn Riggs will do the same thing to me. I, we're, we're both, uh, we, we've got those ringers who come after us. But uh, yeah, so friends, we've got another runner. I, I, I can't stay away from him. I think, like I've said before, it, oftentimes I think when it comes to activity, it feels so easy to just walk out the front door. And whether it is walking, whether it is running, and I know living up there in Shenandoah, you know, my wife and I have hiked some parts of the Appalachian Trail. And I just know that it's hard not to be a walker, hiker, runner when you live in that area. Um, so, David, why don't you why don't you wrap up these opening questions with us and, and let us know, you know, we know that we know how you're active, but why are you active? You know, I feel like there are a million different reasons for activity in my life. I think it, it boils down to I, I just really agree with the great American poet Bruce Springsteen, who says that we were born to run. Uh, to me, it, it really does just feel like the most natural thing in the world. Uh, that for me, it does not mean that I love every run. I, I certainly don't. And heaven knows I do not always love walking out the door and taking those first steps. But I do love the person that I am when I'm running regularly, when I'm pushing myself, when I'm taking on challenges, when I'm able to explore the world and, and my own potential in new ways, I, I really am convinced that that's a part of who God calls me to be, of, of, of who I was born to, to become. And I think that there's a lot of people that probably share that sentiment. And it's a sentiment that I think we've unpacked here before on the Active Faith Podcast, where there is that, and it's almost like that childlike understanding of physical activity, right? There's, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. They're just something that is free and that's flowing. You know, whether it's the wind in your face, it's just the natural outdoor air that really helps us when we're in that state and when we're participating in that manner of activity. And I think that there's, there's a lot of connection there to the why of your activity and the nature in which we are called to be active as Christians that we've unpacked here on the Active Faith Podcast. And, and as we unpack that, and as we look at that manner of activity in our lives and we connect it to our faith, it's almost that release from, say, the world that is and not to like separate it, but the way in which we have our church life, we have our family life, we have our, uh, for lack of a better term, secular life, and then we have like our active life. And so how important does that active life become for you? You know, I, I think you said it well in, in talking about in this kind of childlike wonder around activity. I, I really do think, first of all, for me, it's just fun to be outside. It is fun to move. It is fun to see new places, to pay attention to the world in different ways. I, I mentioned that I had the chance this fall to, to be part of the very first 24-hour ultra that I've ever done. And this may sound crazy to some people, but, but part of what was fun about that was I had a whole day where all I could do was run and, and walk and kind of be in community with other people doing that but it was a day where my phone wasn't on, a day where I wasn't uh, making calls or sending emails or, or writing sermons or, you know, whatever those things may be. And so there was, there's kind of a, a gift. It, it felt an awful lot like Sabbath to, to simply be moving, to have a gift of time. And I, I really am convinced that one of the things that activity does for us is that it makes us pay attention to time. In, in different ways than we might otherwise, and certainly hopefully helps us to, to treasure that, that gift, but also to be intentional about how we're moving and where we're going and what we're doing. And so I, for me, that's a, just a really vital part of all this, but it is, it is just, it's fun. It's, it, it brings joy. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a lot to that. You know, we talked with Sarah Locke in our, in, in, in the first guest episode, and we talked about not, not forcing that joy, but, but almost, a rewiring of our minds that we find the joy in our activity. And, and you know, uh, and, and then, you know, continuing on as we talked with Glenn about, about setting forth that time. And I know, you know, you had the benefit, you have the benefit of, of serving with pastors who are trying to come into the pastorate uh, in your, in your position on the board. And, and for those of you who are listening, David was a big part of the board when, when I was coming through the ordination process. And so there in our, in our ordination process as Methodist pastors, there is this initiative of self-care and of Sabbath and of creating that time 
uh, to a point where it becomes a part of our understanding of how we pastor a church and hopefully becomes a part and understand of how we preach about Sabbath in general as well. And so, uh, and, and David, as a pastor yourself, you know, how do you preach Sabbath? Like if you're going to be one who takes those 24 hours to run a race, you know, most of our listeners are probably thinking, well, that's 24 hours where he's not in his church. Um, or when you're doing those 10 mile runs, well, when he's on those 10 miles, like he's not like, it can be very easy to get in that mindset as people, but how do you preach Sabbath to people? Sure. Yeah. Well, I, so, you know, you've talked so much on, on previous episodes about self-care and how important it is, how it's, it's a part of this walk of faith that we're on. You know, we know that Jesus tells us that the greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I think that presupposes that we do, in fact, love ourselves. And so caring for ourselves, what, what Paul calls our bodies, temples of the Holy Spirit, tending those temples, it's worthy of our time. I know that sometimes it can feel like an indulgence. It can feel extravagant or, or even perhaps unnecessary for folks. But I think what our faith tells us and, and the witness that scripture offers is that it's not. And this is vital, holy work. It's part of, of having a, a seamless faith that, that can sustain us over the long haul. And, and of course, you know, so for me, often, that looks like going on a long run. Um, and there are a million different reasons why that's a, a blessing in my life. That's a time where I can spend in prayer and in reflection. Uh, most of my miles are, are run through neighborhoods where I've gotten to know many of those people. Many of them are, are part of my church family or they're, they're connected to us in the community in different ways. And so a chance to pray for those people sometimes a chance to stop and pray with those people when, when they're outside or when I know something's going on. And so for me, that's, that's self-care. It's Sabbath in a sense. But I also know for other folks, you know, there's so much more. There's resting and, and reading and diving into art and music and literature. There's, there's this need to, to connect with family and friends. I think so much of that is about how we, we take this gift of time that we have and, and use it in ways that bear good fruit, that, that honor what God is doing in us, but that also help shape us into the people who can be ready for what God has for us next. So why don't we dive a little bit into your journey as, as we continue to unpack this. And I kind of want to uh, flash back to when you first got into ministry and, and what that manner of self-care looked like then. That's a great question, Andrew. I um, I you know I growing up like lots of folks, you know, playing sports and and often for me running was kind of the punishment on most of the teams that I was part of. So if you uh if you goofed off at basketball practice, you ran more. If uh, uh you know if you weren't paying attention on the baseball field, you had to go to go run some laps. And so I, I kind of tinkered with running over the years, but never never fell in love with it. And I was actually serving as a pastor, but the very first year or two that I was uh, appointed as a pastor, we had a, an organization in the community that we partnered with that was sponsoring a, a 5K race. And a lot of the teenagers in my church were running that and really wanted me to come run it with them. And so I kind of stumbled back into running as an adult um, through that kind of opportunity and, and thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I, I, I better get serious about it. And I learned the truth that a lot of folks had told me that I always thought sounded like nonsense, where folks had told me that the reason I didn't love running was because I just wasn't doing it enough. Um, incidentally, one of the things I, I sometimes have, have talked to folks about prayer, uh, one of the, sometimes folks will ask, like, how can I, how can I become a better prayer? How can I, how can I give more of myself to prayer? And the answer is almost always do more of it. Um, mm -hmm. I feel more effective in my service to the Lord practice it more often. And that certainly was true for me with running, where I kind of stumbled into it through friends, young people in my church, and, and just found this, this deep fulfillment and, and challenge and, and joy there. The interesting thing, and I, I've heard you talk about this with other guests as well, is that 
there's there's a kind of a community in 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 this world of activity that is not entirely different than the kind of community that we try to build as people of faith. Uh, you know, Paul talks about the the church as as a body where we are healthiest when every part is able to lift up every other part, and when no part is forgotten or neglected or or abused. And and I, I've kind of experienced that along my own journey where kind of every pivotal moment, places where I've taken on new challenges or, or been able to learn new things about myself, very rarely has it been because I had the idea myself. It's almost always been because a friend said, hey, I'm doing this event and I think you'd love it. Or I'm going to hike this trail and I think you'd like to come. Um, and, and what I've found there is that there's, there's a community of people. I, I'm not particularly competitive myself. I know that others are, and I, I love that for them, but that's not, that's not my goal in a race or, or any other kind of events. Uh, I'm much more interested in seeing what I can do, maybe competing with myself. Um, but what that means for me is that in a marathon, for example, I'm very much a middle of the pack runner. You know, I'm not, uh, I, I'm never going to be an elite or sub leader. I'm, I'm never qualifying for the Boston Marathon. Um, I'm, I'm the middle of the pack runner. And that's mostly because I, I'm really not committed enough to put in the miles and, and do all the things with diet and exercise that would get me there. But one of my favorite places is the finish line of a marathon. I, I think this is probably true in other distances as well, but that's where I see it, where, you know, I finish and I usually have a friend who runs most of the events with me and either she finishes before I do or vice versa, but, but whoever it is, we're always waiting for the other person and then we always just hang around at the finish line because I don't have any good excuse for being slow, except I don't train that hard. But if you wait a couple more hours, you see folks crossing the finish line who made real sacrifices to get there. Folks who have overcome big challenges, people whom this is a really big day. And to see crowds of people cheering them on and helping them dig as deep as they can and accomplish everything that they possibly can. It is, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, it's a moment of, of community. And, and for me, it also feels like this moment of, of embodied grace mm-hmm. where we're just, we're just lifting each other up and, and my success depends on your success. The, the better you do, the stronger we are. And I, I, I know that there's lots of other things in the world that, that give us that feeling, but for me, activity, fitness, running can do that. And I think for those of us who participate in this active lifestyle, and like you said, you know, it's not for everyone. And and there's this sense in which Sabbath is finding something that feeds you and finding what you love. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you're someone who's like, well, I'm not really an active person, you know, I don't really know that I want to be, well, then maybe activity, maybe walking, running, biking, maybe these things aren't for you, but you can find your own manner of Sabbath. And hopefully you take the lessons that we talk about here on Active Faith and in terms of an active lifestyle, and you can bring them into that understanding. Because I think a lot of them are transferable when it comes to thinking about Sabbath. Um, and just because we focus on the active component of, of self-care here on Active Faith, it doesn't neglect or negate the so many other layers that go into self-care. I mean, like, I can be physical and I can be active, but I mean, how much does that how much does that manner of activity, I mean, how much does it go into the other areas of our life? I mean, if we're active, uh, when we're active, or when we participate in that self-care, I mean, it goes so much beyond the physical, doesn't it? I think it absolutely does. I the things, I know a lot of times in, in church circles, we talk about balance and, and trying to lead a balanced life. I, I have to confess that I've kind of given up on the concept of balance because um, I every day looks different, and you know I have young children, and 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 live in a a, a busy place, and and have a, a busy church, and all of those things. I, I don't know that balance is my goal, but I am looking for a seamless life, a, a life where I can be the same person on Sunday morning, and Tuesday afternoon, and Friday night. And I I'm convinced that that's what the world needs from the church and from Christians, and I think it's what God calls us to. Uh, it's also for me uh, the life where I can feel best about myself, where I can be most proud of, of who I am and what I'm doing if, if there's kind of an integration there. And, and so for me, that means, yeah, 
I need to be active because I that's that's who I am. I, I'm not a lot of fun to hang around with if I've not run in a few days. It just it's the place where I blow off some steam. It's the place where I think through things and and pray through things. It's and I kind of return to myself and equilibrium out on the trails. But I also not myself if I'm not worshiping regularly, or if I'm not serving, or if I'm not reading the scriptures, or I'm not diving into prayer, I'm not living in community. If I don't have folks in my life holding me accountable and sharing this walk with me, I'm also out of balance in that way. I'm, I'm, I'm off kilter. And so, you know, for me, activity is part of that, but it's not all of that. Um, and, and there are seasons where it kind of has a higher place or a higher priority. But the, the real truth is, if I'm not tending to the, all these different parts of my life, if I'm not sort of sowing the seeds and doing the work that's there, I, I, see, the, I see the fruit of that or the lack of fruit there. Now, I will say that David is a very consistent runner, as opposed to Glenn, who has the 40-mile months versus the 200-mile months. David is just about always around 100 to 140 miles a month. He is he is very consistent. So when he takes a break, it's probably for just like a day or two, and then he's back on and is getting at it. Uh, but I think what it highlights there is, is, is this additive component component of something that we really attach onto and latch onto as a manner of self-care. And then the way that that, and especially for us here on the Active Faith Podcast of Activity, the way that that impacts us emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually, because as, as, as we've heard before, you know, we can't fill from an empty cup. And so it's important to care for ourselves as much as it is for others. And while the physical may seem, I mean, while the activity may seem mostly physical, right? I'm really building up my physical understanding. I'm trying to have a healthier body, feel uh, feel like I'm healthier. And, you know, as, as I say, it's not about body image, but we want to feel healthy when we're doing things. But even more so, and like I lifted up in the, in, in the, in the first episode, is that emotional and mental component too that it really feeds into and and almost helps us. And, and you said it earlier, like I get really grouchy when I don't run for a few days. I think my wife would agree with you on that one. <laughs> well, and, you know, you and I are both Methodists, right? Like we are people who have been shaped by a tradition that believes that the practices of the faith, the, the things we do, they really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that our lives are are formed in some really important way. We believe in, in discipline, in spiritual discipline. And, and I'll say that for me, running, it is, it, obviously it's physical, it, it's active in that way, but I think it's at least as much a, a mental and spiritual exercise because uh, my body can do the things that it wants to do. It's usually my mind that I have to, uh, that, that needs the work to, to believe that I can go out there and accomplish this thing. Or, or to believe that, uh, you know, if I'm halfway into a, a 15 mile run, um, if, I, if I bonk on a run, that, that happens to all of us. It's almost never for me because my body physically can't do it. It's usually because I'm not in a headspace that uh, where it's working. It, it's often because I'm distracted, because I'm not sleeping well, because I'm, I've got different kinds of stress and whatever that might be. And so I think I really do think that that much of our activity is at least as much mental as it is physical. And so if you were to, to you know, offer your perspective on this, for you, how does your active lifestyle, how does your life as a runner, as a hiker, as getting out in the world, for you, how does it impact your emotional and mental health? Yeah, I think... I really do believe that getting outdoors clears my head in some really important ways. So, and it's, it's both in times of kind of celebration and struggle, right? So if, if things are going great uh, and I've got things I want to rejoice in, I can't think of anything more joyful often than, than getting outside, whether that's going for a hike with my family, whether that's those, those backyard football games, whatever it might be, whether that's going for a long run with some friends or, or training for a big event, uh, that, that sort of, it, it multiplies the joy. But the opposite's true too. I mean, I remember, I, I really feel so blessed in, in my work that 
you know, I've had a chance, I've been a pastor in three different churches over the years, and, and people have been as kind and gracious to me and my family as they possibly could have been. Folks are, are just so good to us and so loving, um, but every once in a while, things won't go quite the way you hope or the way you plan, and uh, the, one of the times that stands out to me was, was there was someone who was just really unhappy with, with our church and with, with things happening in the community and, and probably unhappy with me, and I remember having a really difficult meeting. And, and just feeling beat up and feeling unworthy and, and feeling like I wasn't enough. And, and when I finally got out of that, it felt it, it was only probably a half hour meeting, but it felt like it lasted four days, you know. And I remember getting out and there were only two things I wanted to do. I wanted to get home and hug my family. And I wanted to get out for a run uh, because I knew that was the best chance I had to reset and to remember who I was, to remember that, that I am loved. Because you know, I run in this beautiful place where God's fingerprints are, are in creation all around us. And, and it helps me remember that the one who created those mountains, the one who is sending that breeze, uh, sometimes around here, the one who's sending us the foot of snow, um, is also the one who created me and who knows my name and who believes in me and who calls me forth and who believes that when I feel like an utter failure, I, I'm not. I'm not just that. And I, it's part of what I love about what you're doing with this show and kind of the kinds of community that I see forming is because, you know, we all have enough voices in our own heads, enough voices in the world that tell us we're not good enough or we're not strong enough, or we're not dedicated enough. And, you know, I believe in a God of grace. I have a friend who says, we don't serve a God of second chances. We serve a God of endless chances. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'm convinced <clears throat> I've seen that the harder I work as a runner, the, the better results I get. I, I'll run my fastest times in a race if I've had the best training cycles. But I also know that every day is, is a new day. And so if I, if yesterday felt like a failure, there's this chance to, to hit reset. And I, I just, I so appreciate that. I've done that from running. I do my very best to apply that to my life as a disciple, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, um, as, as someone who's trying to be a friend and live in community to give myself the grace to start over, but also to allow other folks to do the same thing and to encourage people to, to believe that, that the way things have been isn't the way they have to be. And that sometimes stepping out the door and just moving forward can, can make that happen. Yeah. And so, and, and Dave and I, you are, you and I are recording this, you know, today is December 16th as, as you're listening to this, uh, it, you know, it's after Christmas. Uh, it, it, it may even be after new year. I don't know. We were talking, I don't know when this episode is going to get on, but it, it's, it's going to be after Christmas. It might be after new year, but as you're listening to this, you know, not just pastors, right? Not just pastors. This is a busy time, but, but for a lot of people, this is a busy time, whether we are, uh, in charge of that office holiday party, whether we're in charge of setting up all of those Christmas Eve worship services, whether we're in charge of buying the gifts for our family, for setting the house up for the family, whether we're in charge of cooking the bird for thanks for, uh, for Christmas dinner. You know, I mean, this is like a really, really busy season. And, and a lot of people are probably coming off the heels of this busy season. And then they might be moving into another season. It might not be busy in the same way, but maybe now we have a time to pause and just say, okay, like life is busy and life is hectic. What can I do to care for myself? And so we probably have a lot of people in this time who are looking to turn to physical activity. I hope, I mean, and, and, and I would love to see it if, if you are like to, to use physical activity in this way. And so what is that nature in which, you know, we've talked about, it's not just the physical, it's not just the emotional, it's not just the mental. So then, then why should we be active? Right. What is it? I mean, there's no one good reason, Right. But there is this nature in which we see that that we should be active because it is a holistic way for caring for ourselves. And I think that that is abundantly clear as we have this conversation today and we've unpacked not just the theological convictions, not just the spiritual convictions, but 
the emotional and the mental convictions and unpack this understanding. And so when we answer that question of why should we be active, there's that holistic understanding of we are fully caring for ourselves. And what does that look like to fully care for ourselves right now? Because there's not a lot of that going on sometimes, is there? No, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think, I, mean, I feel like everyone I talk to feels stretched to, to the very, to the very edge. You know, this is the last couple of years have, have been a season like none of us ever could have anticipated that everything feels sideways or upside down. Um, we are, I don't know, seems to me that we're more divided in our nation than, than I can ever remember. Every, every decision, every conversation feels sort of charged in ways that, that it didn't a couple of years ago. And that, as that piles up, I think there's a, a cumulative effect to all that. And one of the, one of the effects in my life of that is it can tempt me to just sit still. Um, and sometimes that's what I need is to just be still before God, be still before myself. But it can also sometimes sort of stunt my growth in some ways that I think are, are dangerous. And so for me, I, I, I loved when you, in your conversation with Sarah Locke, and she talked about kind of her mantra being, you can do hard things, which I love and, and believe is the truth. Um, for me, that, that mantra has for a long time been, keep moving forward. Um, I, I have a friend who says it like this. He says, fall forward faster. Even if you're going to fail, just do it. Do something. God can, God can use us if we're doing something, even if, even if we need to be redirected or turned around or have our eyes opened again. And, and so for me, just keep moving forward. And, and so my life, activity does that. I mean, I, you know, if, I, if, if this week or this training cycle or this year hasn't been what I want it to be, I, I'm looking for every new chance I can to just keep moving forward. I, one of the things I've learned is that getting out the door and moving, for me, is usually better than not. Uh, even if it's not the beautiful, picturesque, speed work, six-mile run that I imagined it would be, if I can just get out the door and move forward, usually something good can happen. Uh, that's been a little bit of a philosophy we've had in our church, that we don't have all the answers. Heaven knows in this season of, of COVID, we have not always known what we were doing. Uh, we, it has felt a little bit like if we can just put one foot in front of the other, if we can just keep trusting that, we, that we're in this thing together, that, that our intentions and hopes and dreams are, are in line, uh, that, that God, can, God can keep calling us forward. I think that's true in, in lots of parts of our lives. It's, it's the thing that I've found myself saying to, to so many people about as I've encouraged them, folks who are new as runners or kind of taking on an active lifestyle for the first time or for the first time in a long time is, you know, I know that there are great training plans out there. And if, if your couch to 5k app is, is doing it for you and you need to be strict about that, God love you. I appreciate that. That's not really how, how I work. I think for lots of us, if we can just keep moving, it's okay. And, and allow ourselves permission to listen to our bodies and listen to our spirits. And I, I and again, maybe that's because I'm not as competitive as, as maybe some runners are. I just, I want to give folks permission to, to do, to do what feels good in terms of activity. And so if, if today that's just some stretching and walking, that's great. If today that's a long run, that's okay too. Um, keep moving forward. Man, that feels, that's a, that's a, just a powerful message for me. And, and I'm sure you've seen my, my recent post on, on, on social media about, you know, what I've been going through in the last, uh, really about week uh, that's been going on in my running just, and it's not even like a dissatisfaction with running. Cause I don't know that in my current mindset, I could not love running because I do. And it's something that I love to do, but but I think I felt like I was in that stagnant place and I needed, and it took a break. It took like, I, what was it like three or four days off that I took 
And, and I remember posting in our active Methodist group, it's like, yeah, but I still stretched and like, you know, I did a little bit of strength, which was strength for me. Like I, I put strength in there, which I have to laugh because really for me, strength is like, eh, I did some squats and push-ups and a handful of sit-ups. So that was my strength workout. I did it in like 10 minutes. So uh, you all now have an insight whenever I post strength workout that I did strength work on, on the active Methodist page. Just know that I, I did maybe about 30 or 40 squats and probably about two push-ups and, and maybe about five sit-ups. So, uh, but, um, but it really is, right? And I think the danger, like one of the dangerous things, and I think Sarah did such a great job of highlighting this, and I'd love it if maybe you and I can dive into it a little bit more because I think there is that nature in which we get into that comparative game, right? Um, you know, I can look at, uh, I can look at your mileage and be like, oh man, if I could just get to like 120 this month, or uh, I mean, even like the vice versa, like I like you can look at me and you're like, man, I wish I could drop like a six minute mile. <laughs> um, or we look at the elites and and I like I I do it all the time. I'm like, gosh, I wish I could qualify for Boston. <laughs> I'm still about I'm still about an hour off. So, <laughs> um, and so there really is like that drive and that push. Like I I we often tell ourselves like, I want to be active, but like, look at them and they're, they're so much better than me or, or they're so much faster than me, or I could never, I could never do that because I'm not in that kind of shape. I'm not, I'm not in the ability to. And and like I said, you know, we talked to Sarah about that and, and we're going to have others who come on this active faith podcast and talk about their journeys, but, but just to kind of continue in this conversation about convictions I mean, how do we have that conversation about physical activity in light of this world that feels like we have to compare ourselves to others? And I'm not like to just say it at the onset, like, no, like you do not have to compare yourself to anybody like you are your own person, but it's completely different for like me or, or even you or, or even someone who's been through it to say, um, but like, what does that like? What does it look? What does it look like for you? I mean, you've already talked about it a little bit for us today, but I mean, like, what does it look like? Like, how can how can we be better at this? Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I, I've heard you talk so much about encouraging people to find their why, and I, I really do think there's such truth in that because. Um, it, and, and maybe, I mean, for some folks, a real competitive spirit is their why. And so, you know, if, if winning the local 5k race is, is your goal, well, that's a, that's a worthy goal and you can work toward that. And many people can, can accomplish that sort of thing, but that doesn't have to be your goal. You know, um, it, it took a long time for my kids to understand that when I go run a marathon, uh, the, the quest, the, the most obvious question is not really, did you win today? Um, that, uh, that that's not likely to be the, the outcome, uh, but instead, but there are ways of, of winning uh, that look very different than being on the, the podium at the end of the day, you know, and I, I think what I find in, in the running community, what I find in, in the active Methodist group and other kinds of, of, of fitness communities is that there really is not as much of that competition or comparison as we fear we will find there. And so, if you're able to take those first steps, if you're willing to reach out, um, I think what we find is that there's a tremendous amount of encouragement. Almost every runner I know um, loves talking about it, sometimes to the, the point of boredom of their family and friends. It's, it's why we need podcasts like this that give us an excuse to, to kind of talk and listen to each other. But I That's what I tell my wife all the time. <laughs> true, it really is. Um, but the other thing that I find is almost every runner I know just wants to encourage other people. And so if you're beginning an active lifestyle, I would encourage you to find someone who also loves what it is you're interested in and pick their brain about it. Because I think what you'll find is not judgment, certainly not condemnation. I think what you'll find is encouragement because folks, it, most of us who are on this journey we're pretty in touch with our own flaws and faults. I, I can tell you a lot more about the, about the runs that I've skipped than the ones I've taken because those, those stand out to me. That I think that's true for most of us. We all know that we're not perfect. We are on this journey. 
And, and I, I think most of us want to bless each other. Um, and, and, and part of that grows out of this, this theological conviction we have that we are indeed one body, right? That, that we are meant to support one another. I mean, we also have this theological conviction. We just, you know, when this episode airs, we'll be kind of in the afterglow of Christmas, it seems. And, and part of what we know at Christmas is that our bodies matter. We, as Christians, we believe that our bodies matter enough that, that God would take one on and, and that God would, would breathe and, and grow and, I believe, run and play like we do. And so that this is, it's a whole thing. And, and that's certainly my encouragement to folks that, that if, if you can find a way of being active, wherever that is, whatever that looks like, um, that, that brings joy to you, keep moving forward with that. Um, and, and as much as you can let go of whatever other expectations you think that people have, or as much as you can let go of, of wondering whether people are staring at you at the gym or, or, or thinking different things about you. I, I got to say, when I go to the gym, I'm so focused on what I'm trying to do. I don't have any time to pay attention to what's happening with, with other people. My guess is that's often true for most of us. But I also think if you ask, if, if there's a machine you don't know how to use or a, a training plan you don't understand or, or whatever it is, my guess is if you ask someone who, who looks like they know what they're doing, I think you'll find a, a receptive ear and a, a kind of a, a listening and, and welcoming person there. And, and it just, I mean, it continues to reiterate just the themes that, that come out in this podcast all the time, right? You know, there's a nature in which we have, we have to understand ourselves. We have to know ourselves. We have to know who we are. You know, uh, I, I'm not going to be the person who's going to go out and, and drop these super fast times. And so w- when I've got, w- when I watch, you know, the Boston Marathon or the New York Marathon or some of these, like the Olympic Marathon and watch these fast races, I often find that I have more joy knowing that I will never be able to do that. You know, I think it was, I, it was a couple of years ago, I saw a video on, I think it was Facebook and it was when uh, Elliot Kipchoge uh, broke two hours in the marathon and he did it obviously in a controlled course with like different pacers. I mean, it was a very controlled environment to get it done and it is not actually the world record, but part of the event was this super huge treadmill that people could run on that went at the pace that he did, which if I'm not mistaken, a two hour marathon is like a 445 mile for 26.2 miles. And I, and, and, and I think to myself, I'm like, look, I, like, I can't even run that for a hundred meters. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, I couldn't make a lap around the track, when, let alone, let alone two hours. And I think it's like, the, and I think like realizing that has allowed me to find joy even in other people's run journeys, because I know that I can only do what I can do, like what God created me to do. God has given me this ability. God's given me the ability to run. For some people, it, for some people, it's the joy and the ability to walk. Like, I mean, I look at people. So every year I run the Monument 10K in Richmond. And like, I don't know how the walkers do it. I mean, it's six, It's not just a six mile walk, but they're also starting at like noon when it's a lot warmer. I think there was a year where it was like 80 degrees and the walkers are out there walking for like two or three hours and they're out there. They're burning more calories than me. I mean, they're burning way more calories than me. Uh, I mean, there are just so many gifts. And to know and understand ourselves helps us, I think, at least for me. And I hope it does for, 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 it sounds like it does for you. And hopefully it does for our listeners. But to really allow us to enjoy it more. And to really set us in that mindset. I really do think it's, it's the blessing, but also maybe the shadow side of, of this kind of activity is that no one can do it for you. Um, so it, it can be helpful helpful for me over the last uh, year or so I have run with more friends than ever before um, and and I'll tell you there have been an awful lot of days where that alarm goes off 4 30 in the morning that I would have turned it off and rolled over except that I knew someone was waiting for me um, and so that the accountability in that matters but the real truth is no one can do it for me I, I either put in the miles to be ready for what I'm, I'm hoping to accomplish or I don't. Um, that's a challenge. 
but it's also some good news that my race, my event, my activity, my fitness, it doesn't belong to anyone else. And so it's where the comparison doesn't really work because my goals aren't the same as another person's. My, all the other factors, my life, my family, my home, my community, all those things are different for all of us. And so, you know, if you're at the gym or you're on the track or you're out on the course or wherever you are with another person, they're, they're not, it might look like we're running the same race, but I don't think we are. Um, and I think we're able to support each other and, and we can, we can get to that finish line. We can accomplish those goals, but it's, it's, it's also individual in that way. And so I, I love, I love those, that dynamic that, that we can be together, we can lift each other up and, and kind of carry each other when we need to, but that we also, we, we get to, to, to do our own race. And I thank God for that. Yeah. And I think it's that, and I think it's that mindset that can help us to move forward in our physical activity. Cause I think when we get lost in that shadow side of it, when we get lost in the comparison game, when we get lost in the, the, the feeling of shame game, it really impacts the way in which we care for ourselves. Right. And, 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 and I can think of times, you know, Oh man, like, um, I, I, I don't know if I ever expressed this to you when I was going through the provisional process and we were at those retreats, but, but there was a year. And, and if Meredith McNabb is listening to this, just pause, like, she skip, is. okay, skip forward a little bit, Meredith, skip forward a little bit. So a little confession time, like there was a year in the provisional process where I only took three weeks of vacation instead of four. <laughs> and it was like the year where we came to the provisional retreat and we were talking about self-care. And I was like, and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, hearing all my clergy colleagues talk about like, you know, taking vacation and taking four weeks. And I'm just sitting there like, I only took three. I don't care. And I'm like, oh, gosh, everybody's going to judge me if I say that. Um, and it's, <laughs> I think that's where, you know, perfect becomes the enemy of good for us. And Yeah. You know, keep moving forward, right? Like, uh, so, so, so last year wasn't, I didn't meet all my self-care goals or I didn't meet all my professional goals or whatever that is, keep moving forward. You know, because for me, if I don't, if I, if I linger there on that where I've failed, whatever it is, and that's a spiral for me. And it is, and it's not the truth. I think what, what starts to happen to me is I start to hear these voices whispering my ear, telling me the truth. The truth is, that God keeps calling me forward. The truth is that that I am I am meant to keep growing. That I'm meant to to be better tomorrow than I am today. To to you know, my faith tells me I'm meant to look more like Jesus tomorrow than I did yesterday. Uh, but I would say in my fitness journey too, that doesn't mean I'm faster tomorrow than I was yesterday. It doesn't mean I can go run farther or do more necessarily. Uh, but it does hopefully mean that I have more of a of a seamless life. That 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 I am healthier. And I think, I think being healthier doesn't always line up with all the metrics we have, um, but man, it matters for who I am as a child of God, for who I am as a husband, a father, a, a friend, a neighbor, a pastor. And if you haven't listened to our episode with Alex Joyner about goals, you know, one of the things that stood out to me in that episode was when Alex talked about, you know, whether he didn't achieve a goal or even when he did achieve a goal, it's like, what did I learn? What did I learn from that? And I think that, you know, comparison tells us that when we fail, we're a bad person. Or when we don't live up to expectations, we're a bad person. Whereas faith, faith teaches us when we fail, we can learn something so that we can become better, right? Or when we're not quite living up to expectations, that that could be an opportunity for us to learn. Maybe not I mean, maybe we learned that it's an expectation that we can never meet, right? I mean, in that first episode, when I talked through my journey, my learning was that I was not going to meet the expectation of, of running a marathon. Like I just, I wasn't going to meet that expectation. And so, and so the finish line changed for me literally by half, because I run half marathons now, right? Which is great. Um, But sometimes it means changing the expectation because it's an expectation that we just can't meet and sometimes it but it takes that learning it takes learning it takes learning about who we are it takes I mean it takes learning about the expectations like I I had a I, I, I knew a pastor who their their sabbath 
ended up being a Saturday and it was like the only day they could take off because it was literally just not just stuff with church, but just life stuff in general. It was literally the only day of the week that worked for them. And, and so what did the, and so the expectation of, of like, oh, I get two days off. It, I mean, it changes because it's like, well, I mean, when we think about like off mm-hmm. or when we think about, you know, I mean, there's so many examples of this that we can't be afraid to either change expectations or just to admit that it's beyond what we think we can do and then to do our best. I think, Andrew, the answer for that person is just tell them to sign up for the 24-hour race and they won't be able to do anything else. So that, that's my only suggestion. Um, but no, I mean, seriously, I do think if we could find the faith and the courage to embrace for ourselves the same kind of grace that we proclaim and extend to others, we're going to be in a better place. Um, and I, I, think this, I think this moment in history, this moment in our lives, like none before, calls for that, um, to just can we be gentle with ourselves and gentle with each other and, and believe that we are, in fact, all on a journey? And it's a journey that that winds and that cuts back on itself, and it's not linear. And so, you know, I say we keep moving forward, but sometimes moving forward looks an awful lot like going sideways or, or turning back or spinning around or whatever that is. Uh, but might we, might we just have the, the faith and the love for ourselves, the care for ourselves, um, to allow that journey to unfold the way the way that it needs to, and to and to believe that my my journey doesn't have to look just like yours, uh, or doesn't have to look just like it did last week or last year, or like I hope it will next year. Um, can can we embrace the gift that is this moment, while also kind of building into our lives the sort of practices that will sustain us for the long haul. I've heard you talk about, you know, being closer to the beginning of a long career than, than the end. And, you know, what are those things I can do now that, that will help me be able to be the person that I want to be, the person I think God's calling me to be years into the future. There's so much about that that we cannot control, but might, might we at least be able to claim this moment and, and believe that the grace that, that we long for others to, feel and experience is there for us too. And and just the conviction that that feeds for us to enter into this type of self-care, to enter into an active lifestyle where we talk about just, I mean, the benefits that an active lifestyle can have on us. You know, I mean, it's got the health benefits, right? I mean, you can look in all sorts of medical journals and just see that, I mean, like 10,000 steps a day, to walk 10,000 steps a day I, I mean, I, I can't, it's, it does so much for the heart. Um, it, it does so much to keeping us healthy. It does so much for our longevity, our mental health, like just the, uh, the chemicals that are released in our brain. I mean, there was a long time where I was able to manage my ADHD and my anxiety sheerly through physical activity. I mean, and, and to name that, for me, I had to name the point where it no longer was effective in that. But but we but that is still part of my therapeutic regimen um, in taking care of myself and physical activity to help to, to continue to just help. I mean, yes, I I supplement with with medications, but it's I mean, it still helps me in that manner. Um, it's, it's not either or, right? Like it's no. that's a both and that that healing comes through all through God's grace and through medical technology and through all and through all these different things. And I think that's a part of loving yourself and caring for yourself. right? And, and the emotional part. I mean, I, I like you said it. I mean, I'm I'm much less grouchy when I go for a run. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I mean, there's so much behind that conviction. And I think and I, I mean, I'll, I just love it so much that it is di- it directly correlates with that understanding of God's grace and the way that we live into it, the way that we experience it, the way that we share it with others. I mean, it just, it means so much in that sense. I, I, I mean, there's so much here to unpack. And, and I mean, there's, there's so much here to unpack because it, it, it's not just a singular thing. We unpack it whenever we explore the stories of others and when we explore the journeys of others. And, and so, uh, David, let's, let's run to these end of podcast questions, begin to wrap up that conversation, uh, because I think in it, we can 
dive just a, a, a little bit more into this. Uh, but but what what is something that you've done that has made you feel accomplished? Hmm. So, and I don't know, I think I really do. I like big challenges personally. So I, I feel accomplished if I'm able to, to do something that I wasn't sure that I could. Um, I remember, so in terms of running, you know, I remember the first time that I ran a marathon. Again, something I never would have done, except my friend who had dragged me along to my first half marathon also said, okay, now it's time to do the full. And I, you know, I don't know, I didn't have whatever it took to say no. So there I was. And, and I remember getting to the starting line of the Richmond Marathon. And for the first several miles, I just had this big goofy grin on my face. Um, and then I remember coming down the hill at the finish line in tears and I couldn't explain it. I, I, I didn't know why, except that like I just sort of given everything I had to that event and that course and that training. And so that, that I, I felt accomplished and it was not the fastest marathon anyone will ever run. It was not, it wasn't flawless in any way, but, but it, it's a, it's a feeling of accomplishment um, but I experienced that in other parts of my life. Um, one of the things I do in ministry is about once a year, I will preach a sermon in rhyming couplets, kind of Dr. Seuss style. And uh, I'm not the first person to have that idea by any means, and I don't do it the best, I know. Um, but I remember the first time I did that, I, I checked every Dr. Seuss book I could out of the library, and I, I, I was trying to get the, the cadence and the rhythm and everything. And I remember sharing with some friends that I was doing that, and they were less than confident that I could pull it off. And, and I remember the very first time doing that, just this great sense of accomplishment, like, hey, that was that was hard and that was different. I wouldn't, I, that could, I could have failed in a big way. And, and that felt good. Um, I think for me, the, the feeling and all of that of sort of trying something difficult that, that, um, that I'm not sure I can do and accomplishing it, it is an awful lot like that feeling that I get when I see the light bulb come on for somebody, you know, when, when I get as a pastor to, to see someone discover the the miracle of God's love for themselves to, to kind of embrace this amazing free gift of grace and so I, I I think for me those things are tied together of sort of I believe in a God who does big things and so I kind of have to believe that God could even work in me to do something big um, not because there's anything good or special about me but because we believe in a God who, who is embodied even in us and, and whose image we have this privilege of bearing. So if you're easily roped into things, then I shouldn't look to you to get me out of this uh, hundred degree weather race that Alex Joyner's trying to take me to. Oh, Andrew, I, I'm sorry. I meant to tell you, I actually just booked our flights for hotter than hell. Oh, I'm excited to be there with you next year. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, no, I, I completely, uh, empathize with that understanding of just meeting that challenge. Um, and what a, what a great driving motivation. So, uh, who do you go to when life gets tough? Mm. You know, I, I feel so very blessed. I, um, I, I work with amazing people who are, are endlessly supportive. Um, I have wonderful colleagues here in the Valley, all across Virginia partners and friends, um, but probably more than anyone, my family, um, I remember when I was, I was a seminary student, and um, I, I didn't serve an internship that was out of state, kind of far away, and I was a newlywed, and so my wife was in one state, and I was in another, and I remember when, you know, I'd have some hard days, I was learning a lot about myself and who I was, whether this pastoring thing was for me, and, and I remember, um, you know, it felt like everyone was evaluating me all the time because they were, that was their job, all the people around me. And I remember just how grateful I was when, when my wife would, would, would get to be together and she'd come to visit there um, because uh, no matter how bad my sermon is or no matter how bad yesterday's run was, she still thinks I'm great. Or at least <laughs> she says, you know, says and, and so yeah. those, people, those, those people who sort of love me Conditionally, um, I come home and, you know, we have a, a, a nine-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. And the great thing about six and nine-year-olds is they just tell you the truth, um, and, and, uh, whether you want to hear it or, or, or like to hear it or not. I, so it doesn't change. 
<laughs> oh my heavens, no! And it's um, it's both brutal and beautiful. And so when when life is hard, uh, what I need is to work on an art project with my daughter, who's who's our family's uh, artistic person. Or what I need is to is to play that football game with my son, um, because they they you know their love for me is not conditional. And so those are the folks that when, when everything else is hard, when, I, when I'm comparing myself to everyone else, um, those are the people in my life who, who are not doing that and, and who, who, who see things in me and believe things about me that I, I don't always see in myself. And then what are some other ways, you've talked about them a little bit through the episode, but as we wrap up here for our listeners to just continue to build their own theology of self-care, uh, what are some other ways aside from activity that you practice self-care? Yeah, so um, I am I'm glad that you kind of mentioned this in the episode. I'm not the best at, uh, at holding days off. Um, I'm probably not the best Sabbath keeper in the world, though I, though I find an awful lot of Sabbath uh, on the trails and in the mountains and those things. Um, but what I am much better at is carving out time for travel. Um, and so for my family, that's that's a kind of a discipline for us. It's a source of joy. Um, my life feels better when there's a trip on the calendar that we're planning for and looking ahead to. And so that for me is really times of renewal, um, sometimes relaxation, but also just a lot of adventures, you know, being able to go to a new place and climb a new mountain or, or whatever, whatever that is. Um, that for me is, is self-care in a big way. I guess the other thing that that I spend far too much time and, and money on are uh, Virginia Cavalier sports, um, which sometimes uh, is sometimes is more rewarding than others. I, right now, I I don't know everything kind of everything feels up in the air, but but it's uh, it's a great joy. I love one of the great things about living here in the Valley is we're I am thirty minutes from the John Paul Jones Arena, and and that is a beautiful thing. Uh, we've heard, I think we've heard before on this podcast, the, the nature in which enjoin sports. And, and uh, I, I, I will give a hearty wahoo wah to that one uh, as we single-handedly lose all of our Hokie listeners, which is, yeah, well, so uh, you, know, I'm not, eh. you know, I said I'm not very personally competitive, but um, I, I, I can cheer pretty hard at a game. So. <laughs> Saturday night games are, are painful for Sunday mornings. Oh yeah, I bet. Oh man, as are probably a Saturday, as it's probably a Saturday marathon as you're climbing those steps into the pulpit, right? Amen. <laughs> well, David, I want to thank you so much for coming on and for for coming along with this discussion. What a joy it's been to have you on. Andrew, thank you so much for for what you're doing and for you know for providing kind of cultivating a community here where people are building each other up and encouraging each other. I, I'm I'm so grateful for the active Methodist group and for this podcast. And uh, thank you for inviting me along to, to be part of the part of the journey. Thank you so much, David Vaughn, for coming on and having that conversation and inviting us along on your journey in an active lifestyle. I hope you pulled something away from that episode as we continue to hear from folks a little bit more about their whys. And, and today was a lot about that theological conviction and what it means to really live into that understanding of God's grace as we have grace for ourselves in this manner of physical activity and as we live into that grace to care for ourselves. And so as we heard David's story, hopefully you began to take some of those points away as, as you begin to go into this new year, as you begin to create New Year's resolutions that hopefully will come to define the manner of care that you offer for yourself that helps to fill you so that you can help to fill others. What a great conversation we had, and I hope that you enjoyed it and you will continue to join us. I want to thank you for joining us in this conversation. Don't forget to check out the show notes. We've got some information in there especially the link to our active faith community. That's right. We have renamed that community on Facebook and we are doing some great and intentional work there to covenant and commit to one another. It is open to anybody who wants to join. And so if you are listening to this podcast and you have not joined that group and you want to be part of it, you want to be part of that journey of supporting and encouraging one another and you want to receive that support and encouragement in your own active lifestyle, I invite you to go and find us on 
an active faith community over on Facebook. Also, uh, I have created an Instagram page as well as a Facebook page for this podcast. So the Active Faith Podcast. Find us on Active Faith Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And you can join us and get updates. That's uh, separate from from my accounts, from my personal accounts. And so we're going to be putting updates and and self-care encouragements and uh, knowing myself probably some funny memes as well. Uh, But follow us over there to get all the podcast updates. And I want to also invite you to follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Uh, We have all the links to all of our podcasts over on our podcast page. And so if you want to go over there and find your podcast app or just search Active Faith Podcast in your app and, and hit that follow or subscribe button. You know what, if you're feeling really generous, if you really want to help us out, please give us a rating and review. Rate and review this podcast. And if you leave us a review, I will read it right here in the outro of our next episode. And so, like I said, this is the last podcast that we have for 2021. And so we will be entering 2022. I know it's it's episode five and we're already finishing out this year. But what a great uh, joy that I have to be able to move into a year, another year, and offer this podcast to folks. And so as we continue to go on and you continue to discern ways that you can help this podcast, just the greatest way is to make sure that you are sharing this with others, share with friends, with family, invite them to listen, invite them to like and follow the podcast, invite them to like and follow our Facebook page uh, so that they can hear these conversations as well. And now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.